Welcome to Second Star to the Left, a podcast and everything fantastic, strange, and science fictional. I'm your host, Matt. Join with my co-hosts. I'm Bert. I'm Katie. So this week we're talking about a pretty, I'll say a B-movie without a cult following. But before we dig into that, we have some reader mail <laughs> that we wanted to ask uh, all of us about. So this comes in from Joanna from South Carolina. Joanna asks, uh, what was the first sci-fi novel that you remember as sort of influencing you and your appreciation of the genre? Ooh. Um, actually, I have this one off the top of the head. Same. Oh, wait, no. I'm not sure if it's actually sci-fi. It might be fantasy, but I remember the first one I ever read um, was The Dragon Riders of Pern by Anne McGaffrey. Yeah. But that might be more fantasy than sci-fi, but, it, like, you know, back in the bookstores, like, they would all group together. So... Um, but, what was about that book? Well, it's about people who, check it out, ride dragons. But also, <laughs> it's in space sometimes. Oh, it's in space? It's not... That sounds very 80s. I mean, yeah, it was. Oh, yeah. Um, that's the first like true sci-fi I remember reading. Or so, something vaguely in that genre reading was, was Anne McGaffrey, so... Yeah, when I was a youngin, I had a copy of Sphere by Michael Crichton. When we talked about The Abyss, we talked about that. And I wore that out real hard. I read it like five times. I feel like I'd still like it if I went back and read it. Um, I'm sure we'll watch the movie at some point. Ha ha, what a joke that will be. But um, it'll be fun. Stay tuned. I would want to say Jurassic Park, but I know that's not accurate. Because like, Jurassic Park was I was like seven years old. To me, one of the most influential books that I remember reading from sci-fi is... Ursula K. Le Guin's The Left Hand of Darkness. Mm-hmm. I'd say it's the first like piece of queer fiction I ever read. And it really broke my brain open and sort of thinking about gender and the way we relate to each other as people in a sort of sci-fi Arctic wastelands imagery. It still like lingers in my head. Um, I actually was really fortunate enough to, and I'm not trying to brag, but I totally am. Um, <laughs> I got signed actually before she passed away that she was doing a conference at the university of Oregon. And so she signed the old used bookstore copy that I've been holding on to for at least like 15, almost 20 years now at this point. So that is a sentimental piece that I hold quite dear. That's awesome. You read that as a kid. Uh, I was like 16, 17. Okay. That's still pretty good. Cause I, it was obviously good. I was trying to read it like a few months ago and uh, I was like, Ooh, this is, this is like, literary fiction i need to put this down for a while because like <laughs> i'm just not in the right frame of mind to read it but it was obviously like if i was 16 i'd probably be like this is old people books you know <laughs> in high school i would um i was paid under the table by the pizzeria that i worked at and so every friday night i would get paid and then basically go to the used bookstore and like flip like 50 dollars of that into used books damn nice so killer and with that let's dig into this week's offering which let's is nowhere near. Let's, let's is nowhere time. near as what good as Ursula K. Le Guin. This is. Let's also talk about some wonderful fiction, speculative fiction, if you will. Uh, <laughs> this week we're talking about Tammy and the T Rex. 
Everything in Tammy's life is just great. But when you're young and in love, life can get very complicated, especially when it involves an insanely jealous creep. That's my lady, all right? Late night phone calls. I want you to come over. Yes! Sneaking around in your own house. Did you lock the door? Don't worry. Your boyfriend getting dumped in a wild animal park. And a crazy doctor. Well, that's it. Who turns out to be a mad scientist. And if you're going to make an omelet, you have to break a few eggs, right? With an insane invention that only needs a brain. But this Tyrannosaurus Rex just wants to be a party animal. So this week I was bullied into. <laughs> now wait a minute. Watching Persecuted a film that into... is so patently offensive in its quality. Now wait a no, minute. No, but for real. Like I think this is the thing. I've never heard this movie before today or before we watched it for the show, and I was surprised because. This seems like the movie that should have a cult following, and it doesn't, outside of, I guess, you 2 Now, I would like to say before we get started, though, uh, I think Matt owes everybody out there an apology, because last week you said um, next week we'll be discussing the Paul Walker vehicle, Tammy and the T-Rex. That's that's really insensitive, honestly. Paul Walker, that's a good rest pun. in peace. How dare you, That was sir. a good pun. I didn't even know I, I didn't even watch it. <laughs> Wait, no, no it's also the vehicle point. because Paul Walker's brain was in a vehicle of a T-Rex. That's true. Well. It's so That's levels. the T-Rex. I know. And also he was he's Tokyo drifting in hell. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh okay. That's not how I would meant to put it. But yes, he is dead. Uh There's layers upon layers, folks. I mean, we'll tell him all about it when we see him again. But um it's going to be one of those shows. This is this is Holy shit. that's really good though. Uh, Paul Walker's kin, if you are listening, turn it off now. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> don't continue. Uh, Paul Walker's in this movie. Everybody, he's he's little baby Paul Walker, little tiny baby Paul Walker. Um, yeah, I I don't know. I'd never I'd heard of it randomly at different points, but like. Uh, then reading up on it, I was like, it seems to have a minor cult following, but it's not like, you know, it's not like Troll Two. No, or it's not like The Room or something. You know, like um, I think it's because it's not. For some reason, it seems to be harder to access it. Um, yeah, I had posted about it on on Facebook, and one of my friends, who's just like a huge like um, sort of rare and like indie movie like VHS collectors. Um, like they had heard about it and they were the ones who told me that there is an uncut gore version, which I'm really sad we did not watch that version. Uh, but they had it and I was like, oh my God, I want to drive to Austin just to watch this. They're um, re-releasing it on Blu-ray. There's like five times as much ketchup in it, Katie. <laughs> Good. They're re-releasing it on Blu-ray in November, I believe. And it's going okay, to have well, the extended then... cut. Enjoy the free publicity, you assholes. Honestly, I hate <laughs> Uh, spoiler alert, I may buy the Blu-ray, because honestly, you'll see. We'll talk about it. Uh, yeah. I mean, I love torturing people but with Paul bad things. But Paul can't participate in the special features. <laughs> sure he can. He just he can't be Just get a robot voice. Comments. It's fine. He's, it's it's Paul Walker's brain. That, oh, yeah. God, that would be offensive. Anyway, sorry. Uh, 
boy. So yes, this is so Matt hated every second of it. In case anyone couldn't tell by this point. Oh, um, also, uh, okay, not just me. In the group DM that we have constantly running, Katie got through six minutes of it and then said she was not. She needed to be not sober for this. That doesn't mean so, she hated it. That just means she she didn't want to be sober. That's all that means. <laughs> that's different. All right. Yeah, that's not confused. Um, I did finish it sober. By the way, um, just for <laughs> um, I think after like that first. Uh, six minutes after all the the testicle grabbing, um, <laughs> I think it's like at some point like it the just prologue. got so ridiculous that I just started howling with laughter. Yes, and and yeah, that I was like, this is fine, this is fine. Um, every every second of this movie does feel like punishment, and just like the various studies on how brains, it, you know deal with trauma it's like the uh, the electrocuted dog study it's learned helplessness you just kind of learn to give in a little bit you're being shocked by awfulness but then you can find the joy in it it's like the joker said once i think that we live in some kind of society i don't know <laughs> um adaptation is weird about how we deal with and process terrible events <laughs> and this is what this movie is okay so <laughs> So listen. Are you okay, Matt? You look so. <laughs> this is a window into like the darkest pastiche of '90s cinema possible. So like we have like dinosaurs really popular in the '90s. This is a dinosaur in it. All right, teens, Robocop. N- teens trying to find themselves and and be funny was also a thing of the '90s. All right, listen. We're like ten minutes in, and we got listen. All right, everybody out there listening to this. This movie fucking ruled, okay? This movie is amazing. I want this movie. Bert's gonna take this home, folks. It's not fair. You guys are trashing it. It's so funny. (laughs) No, no. So, okay. So, like, there was so much about it that, like, I was howling with laughter. Like, for one, there was constantly bird chirping foley for no reason at all times in every background shot. Every shot. Indoors, outdoors, doesn't matter. Here's the bird chirping foley. Um... Like the the constantly changing accents, the super horny tit assistant, like so many things about this were bad. If you try to focus on like any one thing, uh, it's like one of those magic eye tricks, right? Like you can't, like you can't see the forest through the proverbial shit trees. So I decided to look at this through a very specific leftist lens, right? And once I did, much like a magic eye that's caked in shit, I saw that this is actually this T Rex is a horny anti-capitalist labor leader. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, okay, I'm going to need you to show your work to the rest of the class, please. Okay, here it is. I got my notes. Oh my gosh, she's got an so, essay. No, it's fine. Go ahead. She literally held so, up a stack of notes. <laughs> um, so once I decided that this was the angle I was going for, because again, if you try to dissect what's wrong with this movie, we're going to be here all day. Like, yes, it's bad. But why is it that a leftist podcast should watch it? Here's why. So, yes, it's got the teens, right? It's got Billy. At one point, they keep calling Billy the boss, right? He's the boss. He exploits this one person to death to, you know, fuck the ex-girlfriend. Who cares? Like, that part's not so important <laughs> to to Das Kapital, right? Like, that's not... It's, I, it's, it's not hard relevant, to no. draw. It's hard, it's hard to draw We're that. We're going to start talking about coats here like, five minutes, folks. Get ready. <laughs> So, so, 
<laughs> Billy is Billy is the boss, and he's the villain, right? The One of the villains. Of, the antagonist of labor, we'll say. Yes, the antagonist of because he is specifically called the boss, right? And then uh, Billy... He's extracting or, surplus value from his ex-girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> surplus labor, yeah. Emotional oh. labor. Uh, oh, boy. Um, so, God damn it, fuck. So then that way you're really excited when Billy dies horribly, <laughs> having been mauled by the robot dinosaur, animatronic dinosaur that's powered by Paul Walker's brain, because now he is a symbolic labor leader. Also, you know, the other villain is Dr. Walkenstein. <laughs> he had a name? I don't even remember this. I mean, it was really bad. It was Dr. Oh Terry anyway. Kaiser. Continue. Yeah, and so... At one point, Terry Kaiser is just talking about how he's going to pitch it because it's okay if he pitches this terrible idea that's super unethical because he does at one point, quote, say, they're capitalists. They'll just, they all they care about is their dollars. And I'm like, yes, exactly. And that's also why Paul Walker, through the magic of animatronic dinosaurs, Tokyo drifting their teeth into uh, non-ethical ex- exploiters, uh, actually liberates uh... <laughs> <laughs> she's searching for a name I think <laughs> what are their names I don't remember um, Denise the... Richards <laughs> Denise Richards and I Her, guess that's the, the uh, Tammy of the Tammy yeah the she's with the name of the movie <laughs> Tammy and also kind of Byron like a yes. little bit yeah um so also they made sure to, this movie also made sure to show you that like cops are not friends. Hell yeah, that the they are. They're bigots and they're shitheads. They're bigots and they're shitheads, and they're also there to protect the interests of people who do the exploitation. So in conclusion, and also the di- the dinosaur was definitely very fucking horny. So I stand by my <laughs> essay that the T Rex is a horny anti capitalist labor leader. I think Engels is the one that really expanded on the horny labor thesis. No. <laughs> uh, I think it's Full Cult that said uh, a giant robot Tyrannosaurus costume is a prison. Uh, uh, okay. Okay, wait. So, so to all our listeners. Um, We're sorry. No. No. There's no one. What I'm saying is there's no one who's watched this movie. Like, come on! No, nobody who's listening to this has watched Tammy. Actually, a lot of people, when I posted about it, like on like my and my circle of friends, had watched it. Okay, but what I'm saying is, well, let's hope those friends are listening to the show. Also, <laughs> rating and reviewing us on iTunes, five stars, please. Thank you. <laughs> They're not going to give you five stars because you hate it. So I have to, I have to pick it up. It's, it's a good movie, folks. But the point is, what happens in Tammy and the T Rex? You're going to have to explain the plot. <laughs> Because that's the best part. Oh no, please, Bert, I defer to you. Oh, please, thank take you. Take us away. You know, this is this is a wonderful opportunity. <laughs> okay, Paul Walker is a little baby Paul Walker, and he's in love with Denise Richards. It's right? 1994, folks. Yes. He he wears a shirt that like cuts off right above his belly button, like mm, a like sweatshirt. Yeah, and then um, so oh geez, okay, so Paul Walker get tries to give Denise Richards like a rose. To be like, hey, he's like courting her in a really weird old-fashioned way. And she's like, no, you can't date me because my ex-boyfriend will kill us. Or you. Or somebody. Because he's dangerous. So he takes the rose. It's like a yellow rose. And he eats it. He like eats half of it right in front of her. And she's like, you're a weirdo. 
And I'm like, this is, and this is just like the first six, this is the six minutes that she was like, I can't watch this. No, this is like three minutes, six minutes yeah, of the ball grabbing. But, but this is like the setup for the movie, like right in the opening scene, like he's eating a flower in front of her. You're like, what the fuck is happening? Like, just like T-Rexes do. It's foreshadowing. But he's not a, t- yes, yeah, sure. <laughs> T-Rex, known herbivores. So the point is, so then her boyfriend, her ex-boyfriend shows up, they get in a fight. Uh, not Tammy, uh, the ex-boyfriend and Paul Walker, where which resolves in them grabbing each other's testicles. They have a testicular standoff. It's in the script. That's what it says. And then, um, and then they go their separate ways. Oh, geez. Um, Paul Walker's sad. She's like, come over. We'll have sex. And he's like, okay, that's not exactly how it's stated, but he's that's how he's reacting to it. So then he like sex was definitely on the table. This is a very horny movie. Yeah, but oh yeah, he <laughs> he's clearly like gonna that. get lucky. So he's like, hell yeah, how dare you? So <laughs> Katie's allowed to like movies that listen. I'm allowed you to want... be horny, Matt. Stop, stop slagging. This movie's amazing, whether you're horny or not, whether you're sober or not. <laughs> I don't think that just needs to be like in the first like thirty seconds of this show. By the way, it's like. <laughs> <laughs> you should like this movie if you're 40 or It's not. for kids from 8 to 88, okay? So oh <laughs> so the point is, is he comes over, he sneaks in her window, and uh, her ex-boyfriend's posse sees this and goes to tell him. So then, like, so he's sneaked upstairs, snuck, he snuck upstairs, and then, like, the ex-boyfriend shows up at her house, like, that her parents live in, by the way. Like, she's, like, a teenager or something. And they, it's a scene straight out of Lost Boys at this point. The whole gang just like they knock on the door and their parents it's open Mad it. It's Mad Max. And they like just from the eighties. They just swarm in the house. You're like, what the fuck is happening? They just like rampage in and go up in a room and he like runs away and you're like, what what am I watching? Like they chase him to a wild animal park. A lion shows up. I think they like knock him out. There's a, a couple of amazing lines. I think when he knocks him out, he so says, much detail. Well, it's so, so important because there's so much crazy shit. They put him in the car after they knocked him out, and and one of the lackeys goes, "How far are you going, boss?" And I'm like, in my brain, I was like, "All the way." That's like the line you put. And he turns to him and he says, "I'm going all the way." I'm like, I love this movie. And then, <laughs> and then, oh, don't 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 forget, we have to cut back to the two young women who are like, "Oh, I'm kind of scared about this." No, he's gonna go all the way. Yeah, 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 yeah. You have to get that line like really hammered in. He sees the lion. And he's and he has this like men like his ex boyfriend. He, he has a mentality like, oh, I'm gonna kill him with that lion. I'm like, this is this is probably not a foolproof plan. He pulls him out. He he like knocks him to the ground and he says, "What would you do if you had the power to do whatever you wanted?" And I was like, what, what kind of question is this? Who who asked this in the middle of a fight? I was like, I don't even know what this means. Paul Walker gets mauled by a lion. Does he? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And like there there is like a full synopsis on. I know, I'm trying to go from memory because this was so insane. They take him... Uh, meanwhile, Terry Kaiser's working on a giant robot T-Rex. I forgot all this. Uh, that's the important part. It's basically like an animatronic from one of those themed restaurants. Yeah, it's literally like why the movie was made. Because the director's like... Uh, he found somebody that's like, you can have this for like two weeks. And he was like, now I gotta write a movie. Paul Walker's comatose. Tammy and Byron, who is her gay stereotype, also black stereotype friend... We'll, we'll talk about that, but anyway, they, they show up, and Terry Kaiser also shows up to try to steal him, and they just, like, they 
gaslight Tammy and Byron into believing he's dead by like pulling his his EKG out, and then they steal his body. They put his brain in the T Rex. The T Rex goes to a party that everybody, the ex boyfriend everybody's at, and kills a bunch of people. Tammy eventually figures out that Paul Walker is in the T Rex brain because he eats a rose in front of her after he somehow kidnaps her out of her second story window as a T Rex robot. None of it makes any sense. There's an ex- he also kills like four people. Yeah, but you know they were gang members, right? Maybe I don't know. None of this movie makes sense. If you're trying to make sense of it, just don't. It all makes sense. No, it doesn't. <laughs> None of it makes sense, and that's why, like, I tried to focus on it specifically, like, from this angle, from a horny dinosaur labor leader angle. And my angle of making sense of the nightmare that I indulged you all in. Why did you hate it so much? I need, I need to understand. <laughs> it was because so it funny. Charm. <laughs> it lacks. What? Like, the- it's so derivative of like a million other things. Matt, this is a movie. This is a movie where there's an extended sequence, which is what I was about to get to, where Byron and Tammy go to a morgue and take a bunch of dead bodies and hold them up to a window so a T Rex robot possessed by a person can give a thumbs up or thumbs down whether to use as their new body. How is that derivative? That's insane. Nobody would ever put that in anything. Ever. <laughs> yeah, you know what's definitely not derivative that I wish was? the Whoever was, like, the arm model for the T-Rex. It's amazing. They're oh. so off-putting. Like, so, okay, this movie is absolutely bananas. Like, this is what you pick <laughs> if you're, like, in a group where you specifically watch bad movies, right? Like, this is definitely prime for that. So you might be wondering, why did a sci-fi podcast pick it? Well... I already said it to some people. I'm just going to reiterate it now. It's because Tammy the T-Rex does sort of try to explore what is consciousness, what is love. Yeah. You know, like, at what point, like, do you say, like, you know, um, you know, like, how much is, like, physical, like, sexual presence a part of love and how that develops it? Um, It tries to explore some of the things that Robocop did. Now, does it go so far? No. Was it good? Who's to say? But the important <laughs> part of Tammy and the T-Rex is that it asks us, yeah. if you put a human consciousness into a robot dinosaur, can you fuck it? <laughs> and it answered it, and apparently it's no. It, no, it went even further. It went even further. It said, actually. It, it, so basically, the real question, which, which you're there. So we need to also explain the ending. The ending yes. of the movie... This is what I. This is where I was going. So, like, her question is. It, so, so the real question is, if you die and your brain is put into a robotic T Rex body, can you get off? Can you jack off? Or you know, have an orgasm? And can that, you nut? <clears throat> can you exactly? Nut? Can you get a nut? So then, like, the thing is, is the movie sets that premise up, and then it says, you know what? We'll take it one step further. If you're just a brain. And you're not a in, a in a jar. robot. Can you get a nut? And the answer is, hell yeah, you could get a nut. <laughs> Which uh, is... the, what I have like written down and underlined several times is brain jizz. Um, <laughs> that was the like definitely not where people when you're watching this movie, you might be thinking like this this movie is just absolutely bonkers. What kind of absolute horseshit bananas ending is it gonna have? And the answer is Denise Richard is stripping for Paul Walker's brain 
and he nut <laughs> in the jar. <laughs> the end. So, so here's the thing, though. I think, and this is my reading of the film, I think that when he short circuits, he kills himself. <laughs> what wow. could only that's, hope? <laughs> that's, the real, that's the real ending of the film. This is a film about how the dangers of horny are. Oh, no. A cautionary What are you talking tale? about? A no. cautionary okay, tale? Okay, wait a minute. Yes. Hold on. He's just this a brain about, in a jar. It's about teenage lust. Teenage lust, the overpowering dimensions of that. And at the end of the movie, he short circuits. He's dead. That's the end of the film. Now, hold on. That's why the film ends. Hold on. Hold on. If you're saying that, though, he was... This film... He was a brain in a jar living in misery, existing in misery, I should say. So actually, his ability to nut is actually a blessing. It's it's the it's the best possible way for him to die. It is quite literally transcendental. Exactly. <laughs> so, imagine Matt, imagine having a transcendental nut after you've been pulled out of a T-Rex. It's everything <laughs> except the nut that is that is horrible and ex- and like and like nihilistic. That's like the hope of the movie. <laughs> you know? Like that's the that's the thing that he works. It's honestly that's what he hopes for the entire movie. He literally, at the beginning of the movie, he's like, I'm going to give you this rose so we can date and I can nut. And she's like, no, the ex-boyfriend sucks. Then he gets called. He gets that hope. Like, come over. We'll, I'll make you nut. And he's like, hell yeah, I'm going to show up. Yes, this is awesome. He shows up. Ex-boyfriend just swarms in the house. He dies. See, he gets a second chance as a T-Rex robot to nut. This is advancing my thesis. What? Lust. Is dangerous. How is it dangerous? It's the only thing that because lust put him in the situation of this like crazed, jealous boyfriend. Hmm. And then, if you notice, he kills a lot of lustful people at the party later on as the dinosaur. He becomes the embodiment of punishment of lust. Well, then, then you're going into the tropes of like a lot of like horror and action. Yeah, Yeah. slasher movies. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Who's the best people to die? Are the people that are the horniest? Right. So you're saying like you're saying this is a cautionary tale. Did the bartender get killed? What was that bartender's name? So I mean, okay. worst to call it a cautionary tale would be to give this movie I, esteem and purpose and vision. I'm not willing to give it any of those things. Matt, what motivates you? Like in the grand scale of things, grand scheme of things. This is a trick question. It is absolutely a trick question. It's the nut. <laughs> We're people, right? We're people. You want to get a nut? It's fine. It's fine to have that motivate you. So how can you say that that's inherently dangerous? Or... Do you think this is like a Tradcath movie? Like this is a parable about that? <laughs> uh, so in that, to, okay. So, you know, we're all afraid of mortality. We're all afraid of dying. I don't know why that one doctor thought that brains being put in robot bodies meant that you were immortal because, you know, brains will break down. You know, it's fine. His science was bad in a lot of ways. We're not going to question that part. Sure. The, I think the real question is if, if you were cut down in your prime, in your prime nut life, would you want another chance to love and also probably nut? And like, what what would you be willing to do? The thing is, if someone was like, Katie, your body is falling apart, you're dying. I'd be like, oh man, that fucking sucks, man. Yeah, it was about to happen. And they're like, but we could put you in an animatronic T-Rex body. If they don't have to say anything else. I'd be like, fuck yes. And then they were like... <laughs> I mean, you're still going to get horny, though. I'd be like, literally, there is no downside to what you are saying. Hook that shit up now. <laughs> Can you start playing Lose Yourself right here? If you had one shot, one <laughs> chance to get in a robot one T-Rex nut. body. 
<laughs> would you capture it? This is the question, man. I mean, I don't know. Like, I don't think the ending's, like, I don't think he dies. It's fine. He just... He definitely not, though. Exactly. That's a happy ending. In a way. for Like, that's what the whole movie's been leading up to. Oh, my God. <laughs> happy ending. Oh, Christ. And, and right before that, they're like, they're like, you know, they keep talking like, we're gonna get you a body. It's gonna work. Like, you know, like, you know, they'll get there. It's fine. And like, that's what you think is going to be the ending. But no, it's Denise Richards doing a strip tease for a brain. <laughs> like, damn. They put this that's in a movie. <laughs> they put this in a movie that's like, kind of supposed to be like a teen comedy. It's rated PG-13. Well, yeah, they, I, it was originally gorier, so it must have been, like, an R cut or something. Yeah, there is, yeah, there is, there is the, the R gore cut, which I would have but loved it, to see. Yeah, but it's definitely, like, the comedy is definitely not, like, R-rated oh, comedy. This is just from a period where, like, ratings were... I mean, there was kind of a comedy. Remember when they were all, like, just trampling all over his rotting corpse? Oh, the movie's hilarious. Like a wacky hijinks, like, whoops, we keep falling in this open grave with this, like, maggots of decaying bodies. Yeah, we, we gotta talk about the comedy, because it's like, like, <laughs> it's bad, but it's, it's complete full circle comedy, where, like, like, it's so bad, it's good. I, I don't Are know you how okay, you can watch this and not laugh the entire, like, they literally yeah. have a gag where they pull the dude's body off of the asphalt, and it's, like, flat and horrifying, like a cartoon. Like, somebody actually made that, and they're like, yes, this, this happened. They have, like... That's what I want in my movie. Why not? I mean, <laughs> Listen, there is no way, like she said, there's no way somebody didn't put that little T-Rex hand and get next to the robot and, like, put the thumbs up and do the, the dime in the telephone gag without being, like, this is fucking ridiculous and it's hilarious. I, this how is can physical you... comedy. Like, yeah. it's so ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. I'm not sure, like, how you could watch this, Matt, and just still be mad and not, like, just howl with, like, how ridiculous it is you don't have to howl at the jokes that they're trying to tell because the jokes were bad but just the absolute just like the ludicrous fucking stroke what is happening (laughs) there was i kept looking around like trying to make sure i was real like like this i'm watching this it is very disassociative this movie will make you disassociate very hard Yes. Maybe, (laughs) you know what, maybe you don't like that. I I can understand that. Maybe you want to, like, have your your feet on the ground when you watch a movie and, like, understand what you're doing and what's... You don't want to go from one scene to another and be like, what in the world is happening? But, like, yeah, this was, like, like a train wreck for, for an hour and a half. And I was just like, it just keeps getting crazier and crazier. I was like, oh my goodness. And it's clearly tongue in cheek. Like, Terry Kaiser has to be the stand-in for the director there's the point near the end where they're like he he shows up when when the t-rex is hiding in the barn with tammy and he's like i'll shoot it and take it out and nobody he's talking to the cops he's like i'll shoot it with this tranquilizer gun and byron the the stereotype character is like how are you going to shoot a tranquilizer in a robot and <laughs> yeah, the movie really the movie just stops like it's like because everybody's like it's like somebody just looked at the film, like, from outside the film and went, this film makes no fucking sense at all. Like, what's happening? And you can see Terry Kaiser, like, take on the role of director, like, ah, yes, uh, well, it's a new kind of tranquilizer gun. 
<laughs> that we invented. I don't remember what he says, but it's bullshit, just like the rest of the movie. And you just roll with it. You're just like, it's clearly, whoever wrote that line knew what they were making was totally insane. Like, they knew that it, I, I honestly think that line is supposed to make fun of, like, anybody who takes this movie seriously. Like, like if you're thinking hard enough to be like, why would the tranquilizer take out the robot? You're not watching this movie the right way. <laughs> you, you should not try to explain anything that's going on. It's it's insane. Yeah, there's not a single moment of this movie that makes any sense. And if you're like, again, you're, you're trying to dissect it from like a really analytical purpose, like that's just, that that that's a fool's errand. That is a fool's errand. You need to just be taken away on these wings of just total total bonkers what the fuckery i mean so like i but also again like i i love ridiculous humor um i am after all too online and extremely irony poison so it's absurdist um, is what it is it's it's like like it, it's even beyond that because like yeah. i like to think of myself as like really subscribing to absurdist humor like the whole like neo dadaism shit whatever you want to say right yeah um this is beyond that because someone made this and thought it was Good. The guy who made Mac and Me, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I forgot about Which, this Becky movie. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. Like oh. after watching this, <laughs> I, I kind of want to go back and watch Mac and Me just to make oh sure. Oh my god, I do too. I watched that movie as a kid. Holy shit. I mean, it must be amazing. Like, holy shit. Okay, like I think if if you haven't seen Mac and Me, and somebody was to like explain how bonkers that was they would use that there's a a gif or a gif however you want to say it where he like the kid gets pushed off a, or or the alien i don't remember which, which one gets pushed off a cliff on a wheelchair and it's just like it was the, it was the kid and like the the joke is like that's the one that paul rudd uses whenever like the the running gag yeah every time paul rudd has a movie that he's going to promote um that's the clip that they always play like for years and years and years in a row <laughs> that's, but, the, that's just that clip but it's so. from this same direct. This director mm-hmm. has to know what he was doing. There's no way, like, you can't get that ridiculously funny on accident and just like, like, continuously. Like, that's like, okay, if you watch like The Room or something, because The Room, okay, The Room is a funny movie on accident. But like, mm-hmm. there's long stretches of The Room where you're like, this sucks like you're you're kind of like there's there's huge like sex scenes yeah. in the movie that aren't like funny per se they're just awkward and weird and you kind of muscle your way through it to get the rest this movie was just like every scene was funny there's just constantly something for the only really uncomfortable stuff was the stuff with byron which you know it's weird because like the way every every like explicitly bad bigoted character treats byron sucks but they're also bad characters and byron is cool on his own i know he's a stereotype but he's funny and he makes like accurate observations so if the cop is his dad yeah and the cop's name is black that means like his name is like just seriously like black like the two black characters have the last name black which is like you know i didn't notice that but yeah yeah like it's 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 very cringy in these ways right like but again um, <clears throat> this movie is bad. It's a terrible movie. So the fact that they have like terrible, like token characters and stereotypes, and they go by slasher uh, sort of logic with like killing people off and determining who is bad, is unsurprising. 
to me, right? Like, they have, like, the slut-virgin dichotomy. They have the whole thing with, like, the sexuality, race, and gender. Um, and then, like, it's not a cro- it's not a smart cross-cutting film. There is a part where the brain nut, the brain nut, <laughs> it's the end of course the last shot of the movie. <laughs> it's not Hold supposed on. to be, like... <laughs> okay, the last shot of this movie is a brain nut. It's it's the sparks flying off the brain and, like, Paul Walker making orgasm noises. And then the first shot of the movie, the opening shot of this movie, is, like, some stop-ass motion dinosaur with a girl on it walking across a landscape really horribly and, like, the worst play school font you've ever seen superimposed oh, yeah. over the top. It says Tammy and the T-Rex. And you're like, Jesus Christ, what did I get myself into? It's like... That was how I felt. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yes, I mean, like that's fair. That's fair. Like it is. It's just a pastiche of like the worst instincts of the '90s, the worst comedic instincts, the worst multicultural instincts, the worst like science fiction instincts. Yes. It was just the worst of all these things. <laughs> no, I, it's like a casserole that. of bad things. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And everyone can know that it's bad, and you can say, like, why is this bad? And you're like, well, it was, like, super racist, and all this logic was terrible. And you're like, yeah, see, now you're thinking about it. And then no, you, but like, I don't back- want to think about it. That's the <laughs> you thing. You shouldn't think about it. It's like this balance of not thinking about it. But because Matt when really I think about, about it, it, otherwise Matt would have liked hurts. it. I'm going to be honest, though. Like, I can't call this movie bad. Like, it's it's badly made. There, I remember, like... I was in the DM and I was definitionally that what makes that's part of what makes a bad that's movie. Part though, no, See, this movie isn't bad. This movie is god awful. I don't know and hilarious as a result. But but I was in the DM while I was watching it, and they're in that hospital scene where like he pulls the AKG and they cut, and there's just a fucking boom mic in the top two thirds of the shot, and just 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 waving around, and I'm like, whoa! I'm watching this now, like I've never seen like. It felt like in Black Dynamite where they deliberately have the boom mic show up. Um, That's the thing is like purposely bad movies like Sharknado and stuff like this, like that try to do parodies. Like they're parodying this. They're yeah. parodying this bad movie, which was not bad on purpose. Okay, but but let, all right, let's get into bad here because the thing is though, like okay, if if you wanted to make me watch Twenty Twelve again, I could not do it, and it's not because like it's not badly made. Okay, at all, it's just like it's just tedious and not entertaining to me. Like I like I, I get halfway through, I'm just like, God, it's so boring. I wish I was doing something else. This movie, like, I would gladly watch it because it's entertaining. Now you I can mean, like, s- it's because it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Sure. And bananas and like, yes, yeah, so movies like 2012 where like the plot is sort of like all over the place. You're like, this isn't good, but when it's like well made, it makes it boring. When it's awfully made and like every every choice in the movie is questionable you just like it's enjoyable because you have you uh, the, the what it just, well even know. down to plotting like i understand the plot of this movie is stupid and ridiculous but it's more entertaining than the stupid and ridiculous plot of 2012 just because literally like every scene you're like i don't i don't know what's going to happen i don't understand what is happening currently like it's just a fucking thrill ride the entire... More of a thrill ride than The Mummy was, for Christ's sake. I, I was like, I I can't even believe what's happening right now. And, and I was entertained the entire time. Like, I don't know. I had fun watching it. So it can't be that bad. Like, I understand 
if you want to look at how poorly it was I think made. that's a moment for for self-reflection <laughs> wow wow like i like a movie it's therefore it I can't suck. be that bad <laughs> uh, what do you mean well well i mean everybody's opinion is is you know we can get into that everybody has their opinions you know man so like of course everybody's going to be inherently biased on whether they call a movie good or bad you know that's just the way it works like you're gonna think it's bad because you hated it but i don't know like like Listen, Birdemic. I think this is a, this is a good movie to look back on the early '90s for the dark times that it was. Man, it, I, I will say, as far as '90s go, this did not feel like a '90s film. It felt like a late, like mid to late '80s. It looked like a mid to late '80s film. Like, no, no, everything about it was uh, abysmal and an affront to God. <laughs> <laughs> this is. This is a movie that was reacting to grunge and was like, no, no, reject grunge. Which is an 80s mindset, though. No, grunge is 90s. I know, but the rejection of grunge is an 80s. It's like, I don't want to leave the 80s. I want I want hair metal. Here's here's something. Here, Think about this. What if this movie is a spiritual precursor to Friends? Uh, oh, how? What you, actually, okay, the humor is very... It's... I've never actually watched Friends. I'm going to keep it. Oh, I never watched a full episode of Friends either. What? But everything I've seen about it makes me think it hates. Make makes me think I hate. I it. watched it all the time as a kid, and you guys don't need to watch it. It's terrible. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I was gonna keep it. But there. I mean, the humor is kind of similar. Uh, <laughs> it's bad, and that. But like, why is it a precursor to Friends? What, just because it's '90s? No, I'm just being facetious. <laughs> Because of all the T-Rex Also, I liked how you stopped for a second and you were like, oh shit, Friends sucks. Does Tammy and the T-Rex suck? No, that's not what I was thinking. Did Friends influence Tammy and the Here's T-Rex? The, no. If it no, did, no, 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 does no. Friends suck? Does Tammy and the T-Rex See, suck? the problem is is they both suck at like deliberate comedy. But Friends doesn't succeed on accident. Like, I'm trying to think of like a bad... Like, if you watched like... Uh, what's like a horrible name? iCarly or something? Even Stevens. You ever seen Even Stevens? Oh yeah. Okay. The comedy on Even Stevens is shit. It's it's like it's like Shia LaBeouf making dumb faces, but it's yes. kind of funny in how shit it is. Like it's like this is so fucking stupid. It's kind of comical. Like it, it kind of wins you over. That's how this movie is. Like it's doing all these dumb, childish, like terrible gags. It has a fucking T Rex. Grab I mean, a payphone and uh, pick up the phone with a hand that's like way away from his body that somebody else's hand is clearly holding it. And he leaves a voicemail, which is just <laughs> like that is hilarious at how stupid it is. It's like a dumb and dumber thing. Like, I think if if you tell anyone that the writer director behind Mac and me did Taming the T-Rex, that should be all that you need. To make you reminded whether or not you want to watch this movie. See, it's doing the opposite that'll, that'll for me. Be enough. It's starting to make me go, maybe Mac and me deserves me watching it. Maybe it's it's even better than I thought. That's literally what my brain is doing. <laughs> well, I mean, that's fine. And that's the person on this podcast that's standing in Taming the T-Rex the hardest. Um, I mean, it's fine because every single person on this podcast is broken in their own <laughs> So like that's okay. We're like a we're like a Joss Whedon TV show. Okay, Christ, you so, take that fucking back. 
<laughs> I think what I you're will... saying, I think what you're saying is all of our opinions about this movie reflect how we are broken as people. So for me, I love it because uh, let's see. How does it remind you of your favorite movie, Stalker? Oh, jeez. <laughs> you know, um, well, you know, in Stalker, uh, so in so Stalker is about um, these three people enter. A f- and this is where I cut this part How out. How dare you? Uh, these three people <laughs> enter like a forbidden zone to to find a room that can grant your heart's desire. Um, and this movie is about finding your heart's desire. You have to go through <laughs> the forbidden zone of being a T-Rex robot to finally get the nut at the end. It's really the same overall structure. It's just not three hours more beautiful to look at. <laughs> but my question is, like, how does this reflect how broken I am that I like the movie? Like, what what broken part of me does this reflect? Like, maybe I just... I I... I was making a joke. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I said this. No, but I, I think it's true it. because I think Matt hates it for some reason that reflects him. And I think you have a, a hard relationship with it because of the horniness. Why? Why, Bert? <laughs> Is it because it's horny, Bert? I'm just saying it's a horny movie. I have more dimensions to just being horny. Wait a minute. Bert. No, wait. Maybe, maybe it's just our relationships to horniness that is like... Because I have a, con- a like conflicts with that, and the movie is amazing because it made me look at horniness in ways I'd never thought possible. <laughs> Maybe I'm just jaded. I've already looked at all of these horny ways, there all of go. them. Yes, yeah. all of them that the movie addresses. Mm. So it's old news for me. Nothing. Katie's the horny Quizat uh, Hadarak. <laughs> and Matt, you- the one who could be horny many places at once. Yes. That's that's me. Matt, you right. outright reject horniness, I feel. That's that's what's going on here. I embrace this film's message of morals, good Christian ball grabbing morals <laughs> of the idyllicness <laughs> of suburban life. Oh my god. Christian ball grabbing morals. This is a very heteronormative film. Oh you yes. don't say. Holy shit. Uh. <laughs> this film in an alternate timeline like earth four we'll say not earth two but earth Four. now hold up it is um, a little trans inclusive because they they present a dead female's body to to a dead woman's body i should say uh, females i did the females they present a dead woman's body to to the t-rex and they have a long a long thought process of like no that that was for the sexuality gag of like haha two chicks I don't. Is it? I don't know. Yes. I think yes, I. Yes. I felt like all the characters well, were very Matt, open. I think this movie, whenever it goes, when this movie has the opportunity to go to the most porniest place possible, I didn't say horny, porniest place possible. It goes I, there every time, and you know why? Because I watched the last five minutes of this movie. I really felt like the characters in that moment, like, cause, cause. She like uh, like I think it was Byron who auto rejects it, and everybody else is like, "No, hold on, wait a minute. What if he was a woman? What's the problem with no, that?" Everybody just kind of Byron didn't it. reject it. Like she didn't want. She was like, "No, I just like I want. I have being a male body because because she's you know, heteronormative." But then he's thinking about it. What's wrong with that? He can think That's about it. That's the joke. Is like, haha, look at this like horny straight guy being a chick's body, like is and two chicks. Like that's you can't tell he's it. horny. He's just a T-Rex robot, and he's just scratching his head. You can't get horny from that. He's just looking at the female body going, maybe. 
The entire Bert. dominating thing about his character has been he wants to get laid the entire time. Bert. Yeah, no, this isn't. This is definitely not trans inclusive. <laughs> okay. I'm just saying it was. You know, this, that's reaching. <laughs> All right. It's not really trans. like little tiny T Rex arm. It's not really trans. It's not really trans inclusive. But I did see that moment as not really presented as horny as you would it's it's definitely no, like, i saw it as like yeah the definitely like the it was super horny like in in a way that was like um ha yeah like, like presenting two women engaged the idea of two women being romantically involved being a uh, a joke so i gave this movie it's because the movie had won me over you, so hard i was giving it the you, benefit of the doubt if you try to dissect it you're just going to go down the rabbit hole and you're going to end up like matt who's just upset <laughs> that he had to watch it okay um, i won't then. if you just accept that this movie is is bad and using never the worst <laughs> the worst morals possible that it's it's horny it's it's porny it's horny um like it's oh my god like it is so full of stereotypes and heteronormative like it's all of the worst that you once you've accept that in your heart right like i can't i can't you can you can move on from that I, right i just can't mm-hmm. i like this is this is my Pilgrim's Progress moment. Oh my god! No, we're in stages of grief. As it grief. falls off my back. We're in the stages of grief from watching this movie. I'm in acceptance. I can't. I can't. I will not give that's, in. That's denial. The movie that's was right too bad. It's a good movie. Bird is denial of acceptance. <laughs> Matt, where are you at? I had fun are you, watching Matt, it. Matt, are you the bargaining? Matt, are you I mean, <laughs> I was on anger for a while. <laughs> anger bargaining, maybe somewhere in there, some, somehow. Bargaining that this is going to be an okay episode. Oh, it's going to be fucking great because it's so stupid. I mean, it's not fair. This movie's great. <laughs> this is how I felt after The Mummy. What? Oh, like me? Like Defeated? But The Mummy yeah. sucked ass. Because <laughs> <laughs> what Timmy the T-Rex does. The Mummy was boring as hell. Like, Timmy the T-Rex was insane. I... I feel like it was a fever dream and i need to watch it again just to make sure it happened no it definitely feels like you are stroking off from reality i'm sorry i mean like i mean like sorry not that kind of stroke i mean like having a stroke not oh my oh my fucking it's fine uh i mean it kind of sure it probably yeah i know it's on brand yes i get it uh yeah but i'm just saying when it comes out on blu-ray I'm I'm first in line for that that wonderful so, film. So you'd say that you'd you'd recommend this movie, Bert? Everybody out there needs to go see it. I'm telling you. Okay. Come on. So Matt, Matt, I'm guessing you would not recommend this movie. <laughs> this movie is. I think the interesting part of this movie for me is it's a B movie. Like I said, that doesn't have a cult following, and I wonder why. Because to me, this is like in that vein. But I do think it is like that pastiche of like '90s awfulness just like this like really awful early 90s we're getting out of the reagan years everything sucks ass we haven't we don't have the internet yet really everything like the berlin wall fell and now russia is no longer an enemy everything capitalism won this is that's what this movie is this movie is a celebration of capitalism's victory over the soviet union how it is no i told you my original like angle on this movie how do you get capitalism wins from any of this movie? Yeah, this, this movie was very anti-capitalist because, like, you had a character proclaiming how good capitalism was, and he got killed. Yeah, and very clearly, this movie makes me feel like I've been eating Chuck E. Cheese pizza uh, or Cece's pizza. Oh, that's anti-capitalist. Eat Cece's pizza because it's all you can yeah. eat. 
you're you're sticking it to the pizza man and it's also very bad so exactly. really this movie is cc's pizza very i bad. find it hard to believe <laughs> i find it hard to believe like some bigwig studio execs sat in on this movie like ah yes and now like this is this is clearly like who do you think made this film uh somebody this was somebody what, this who was had Stuart? a t-rex robot for a week this is Stuart Ranfill taking that Mac and me sweet sweet McDonald's money and being like I want to make a porn movie because if that's you look at his catalog shit, man that's some re- if rebel you shit. look at his catalog it's all about porn movies is it really or like borderline porn movies well there you go like but that's not that's not what the studio wants him to make a porn movie with dinosaurs in it they're like hell no don't do that so I'm saying it's not capitalist at all it's this movie was just like he's like Okay, I have this dinosaur. Yeah. What am I going to do with it? Oh, good thing I've got like 13 other scripts just waiting in the wings. I can just write and cross one of these things out, replace any of it with a T-Rex. It's fine. Yeah. You know, like that's creative flexibility and I appreciate that. No, no, this movie was god awful. And that's why I loved it. And while I would recommend it because like I love like movies that are perfectly bad, like enjoyably awful, right? Like you're going to sit around with friends you're gonna drink some bad beer. In my case, I'm gonna drink some White Claw, and I'm gonna watch this movie with my friends. We're gonna have a good time doing bad things. There you go. And we're gonna go do some crime because you know why not? Um, and that's why I would Com- recommend this movie. And coming up next week. <laughs> oh, we're gonna watch it again next week. Is that what you said? <laughs> it's the All Tammy so- and the T Rex podcast every week. <laughs> So, with that, we'll wrap up our discussion of this <laughs> trash pile. But we have something special in store for you for the month of October, and I'm going to turn it over to Bert and Katie to take us on this adventure. For the month of October, Second Star Left is doing Better Dead Fest, where we're doing all horror slash sci-fi movies, starting off with The Thing next week. John Carpenter's The Thing. Woo! Yay. And what year is that? Uh, we'll do it in 2019 this year. That's when we're gonna. Oh, you mean what year was the movie? We're doing the Kurt Russell version. Yeah. Oh, I. They know that. Oh, well, actually, I shouldn't say that because the shitty remake. I forgot about that. Oh, it's like 1982. 1982's The Thing, starring Kurt Russell. Where can we find you on social media? I'm on Twitter at refreshing time. Um whining about nancy pelosi probably considering the week coming up and i'm at anime weed fart 69 you can probably just glean from that exactly what my account's about and you can follow me on twitter at a very big bear follow us on at second star cast and as i mentioned earlier please subscribe rate and review that can be really helpful for us to uh, get us out there and get us recommended on some of the major platforms so uh if you have feedback we'd love to hear it Email us at stackandstarcast at gmail.com. We'll see y'all next week with Better Dead Fest. Ooh.